Um, I dipped into probably about three or four rooms, some really cool conversations across a variety of different themes. Um, I think one of the things that came up quite a lot was it depends on maturity and maturity means lots of different things. It could mean maturity of customer, maturity of you as a CS organization, you potentially as a CSM. Um, so let's get the conversation kicked off and see what people have been talking about, what they've learned. Um, and I am going to start with room seven. I've got no idea why. Who was in room seven? I, I, I can go for our room. I, I took notes oh, yeah. for, the, for the team here. So uh, happy to, to cover a couple of highlights. So the maturity component was a big one. That was a big conversation, whether it's maturity of the CS org, maturity of the org. Uh, that was a big topic. Um, the other thing that kind of came up fairly often was just the make, making sure that there is alignment internally on the outcomes. So alignment across different departments, alignment within the customer journey right up front. So making sure that everyone is working towards a common goal. We have individuals that work at smaller companies and much larger companies and that the alignment topic came up quite often. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on um, Chris. He talked about um, at, he's wrapping up his time at keep trucking, but they use a tool called Matic M A T I K dot I O to help them deliver. Um, it's kind of a, it sounds like a business review type templated tool that they use to take the data that they capture from their both hardware and software in order to deliver that to their customers. So uh, there's a lot of other good notes in here, but those are some of the big, big highlights that came out of our room. Um, I guess one other thing I'll mention big obstacles, Carl asked, Hey, what are some of the obstacles? And, um, a couple of people chimed in, you know, the data pipeline, how is the data coming in? Um, is it accurate? Is it current? Is it consistent? Can all the departments agree that this is the source of data that we um, need to present to the customer? So good points, Brian. So talking about maybe joining two of those points up, the alignment and the obstacles. Um, and the reason I think they're joined up is because... Uh, alignment for me means that outcomes should be a customer, prior, uh, a company priority rather, rather than a CSM priority. So for me, outcomes is a approach to selling. It is an approach to delivery and execution as well. So you can't, as a CSM, all of a sudden magically, not easily, get to a stage where you're delivering outcomes because you've got to sell an outcome first. So alignment for me means it's a, a priority for the business. And the obstacle exactly to that point is that data capturing it from a new business process if we're talking about a new business kind of flow are we capturing it and is that transitioned through to that onboarding phase and then through to BAU whether it's your CSMs or account managers to deliver and execute on did you kind of talk about those two in partnership yeah we did cool good stuff mm -hmm. thank you room seven let's have a look at room four i think i dipped into room four but i can't remember who it was so apologies who was room four i think that was us hi everyone it was hey, um, yeah, yeah you had a good conversation around a lot of it was around but i think product outcomes and functionality outcomes right so i i think we all aligned on the importance of of outcome-based thinking and and both internally and externally customer facing but also how challenging it is to get it right so uh one of our our topics was around product uh, and as customers ask for product improvements or enhancement to the functionality to ensure that you are pushing back in some way and asking the why and how that will actually deliver on their goals and why they invested in your product in the first place and and i think it's important to do that 
long before you even bring it to product because product's going to push back on you as the CSM, right? So make sure that you vet that and you prove that uh, with the customer as well. Um, one of the other things that we talked about was uh, kind of setting a baseline with your customers. So when you first kick off the experience, even during the signature phase of, of a new partnership, actually being able to identify what your customers are seeing as true outcomes, right? So you'll start to see little nuggets in referrals and 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 um, in different customer conversations. Maybe you have case studies. Once you start to identify what those those key outcomes are, putting questions into your discovery when you're kicking off a new partnership. So asking things maybe about other baseline things for us. We're we're a hotel platform. Asking about their guest satisfaction scores, right, and kind of getting a baseline or how long does it take you to do. X, Y, and Z today so that you have that data to go back to, to be able to pull your data on product usage and tell that story throughout the customer journey. So you you touched on some really, really important points for me that that baseline is really important. Um, and when I go back to how I've tried to implement outcomes approaches at companies I've worked at, it's really been very clear around how we how we articulate what an outcome looks like. And to simplify it, it is from X to Y by Z. So it's that kind of smart, specific, measurable, all the stuff that comes as part of a smart mindset. So the X is the baseline, the Y is the desired end state, and the Z is the time-bound bit, because you've got to have that, otherwise it's just obviously open-ended. So I think the baseline is is, is really important in terms of how you structure it. Um, and the questions and discovery, and I think it was in your room that we spoke about how CSMs potentially are uncomfortable with those questions. They choose to be CSMs because they might not want to be salespeople because they feel that asking those uncomfortable questions, those why questions, doesn't sit with their skill set or their experience or what they want to do. And now we're asking them to do it. Um, and that's quite quite challenging for, 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 for people. Good. Some good ones there. Um, let's go to group number two any any input from group two I think that was us. I never can remember our number. Um, I, to go on what you're talking about too, I think that it is like asking some of those discovery questions and a little bit of what we talked about too is being vulnerable and making sure that the, the client success managers, as we're getting into the weeds of understanding the client's outcomes, feel comfortable asking those questions, um, but also feel comfortable not being the subject matter expert and like knowing everything about the industry so that then we can get some more um, information from the client of how we achieve outcomes together. And one of the things that we had touched on was like, even when a question comes up, if the person who we are asking doesn't have that answer, um, then say like, who else might, you know, in an organization might be, we be able to talk to about this, like getting a little bit more deeply threaded there. Um, some of the things that Rachel had mentioned too, is kind of then saying too, it's okay for the CSM to be assertive and knowing that like, there is a little bit of being assertive, but it's balanced with transparency to the client that we are. And I think if this was said, like something Matt, you said, like we are customer success. Like we are here to make you successful, not to make you happy. And we're here for your best interest. And another point that we had just talked about around um, that was that happy customers may renew, but successful customers are going to grow with you. They're going to have more expansion with you. It's, you know, 
clients that tell us that they're fine are probably the ones that scare me the most. Um, But the last one, and I think this was from Willow as we were talking, but uh, in some of those discovery handoffs from like sales or implementations, whatever it is, um, kind of one, taking the opportunity to understand what the expected outcomes are as the salesperson saw it. And then asking those open-ended questions to a client. I think she even said, you know, putting the questions on a slide with an open text box, showing that back and saying like, is this like what you're meaning? And then matching those things up to different values that are measured against different metrics that she kind of already has lined out. And it's really crafting what the client is saying into exactly what their team is trying to achieve. I think that's cool. I think um, I think those are clarifying questions. Again, we're going down kind of that path of skills that maybe we think of as being sales skills that actually cross over. And, and I think those clarifying questions are really important because, and it depends on your business, it depends on what you're selling. But actually, if you've got a sales process that is potentially quite lengthy, actually those outcomes might change in that sales process. So you have to clarify those questions because when you get to an onboarding stage, what the customer initially bought your product or service for may have changed. So you have to ask those clarifying questions to to validate that again. So some really, really good points in there. Uh, Let's see if we can get through all these groups. This has been one of my challenges um, today. Let's get through every group. So we hear from them all. Group number eight, I think. I was in group eight, so I'll I'll share a couple of thoughts that we have. I, I think cool. the first one to to speak to is is just around the comment that's been made more broadly about customer success and, and sales and not selling. I you know as the space is evolving and as sort of the CX you know broader environment is evolving, you know to I, I think at some point to be a talented and successful CSM is you got to know how to sell a little bit. And whether it's selling value proposition, and and this is also something we talked about, about tailoring your message to customers, especially for smaller customers. So customers where they're maybe more focused about, hey, look, like I'm just using your tool because I have to get a particular function in my job done. And if, if it's hard for you to be able to pivot on a dime and do that, and, and by the way, it's not easy. It's, you know, to borrow a sort of wonderfully American phrase, it's you're going to have your lunch money taken. Like you, you won't you won't be employed for that long, so I I think and, and that also creates some different challenges, right? And we also spoke about this tangentially about where do customer experience and customer success professionals fit into an organization? Do they fit in a sales arm? Do they fit in a delivery arm? Are they in a broader COE type of environment? And so that's yet to be played out. And I think as a service and subscription type based companies will have to figure that out in order for them to not only continue to drive recurring revenues, which is really how they want to make their money, but you know, that's sort of the the meat and potatoes of how they're going to operate. The last thing we talked about, and then I'll, I'll turn it over because I know we're short on time, is really thinking about onboarding time to value. So, you know, Phil had mentioned that when he was working with uh, Phil and keep me honest here with, with Palo Alto, this is something that they realized in terms of being able to get customers as an early indicator of renewal and adoption that, you know, shorter time, you know, shorter onboarding times and being able to realize value and also having some concrete measures to drive what they meant by value. And and that's going to be different for every as a service for every application type of framework. So it may be I logged in and I pulled a report or maybe I shaved off, you know, some amount of time in my in my business process. That's a key function that probably has to be universally accepted across the board 
in, in our space. And, you know, and I think this is just sort of a little bit, it's again, tangential, but important. It's, I think one of the things that happens in the customer success space is we get very bent about talking about what have become industry-driven measures, CSAT, NPS. And it's like, yeah, yeah, those are great. They're one part, they're one component of the whole equation. Yeah. And, and Madeline talked about it a little bit as well. It's, you have to be able to create a complete story and, and those may be parts of it. I do think that it's something for us to think about as professionals in this space is, is being able to push onboarding time to value. And that starts, Matt, with where you talked about is you have to push that with sales. So it's don't, don't sell them vaporware. Don't sell them a bag of lost goods because now when I have to come in and do my job, I'm already behind the eight ball because you've sold them something that I know that's not there. You know, products either got to deliver on something that's a hodgepodge that can't exist. So, uh, you know, I, those were, you know, so again, these were some tangential things, but they're things that got brought up in this broader group, but they also bled into our conversation in our, in our breakout group as well. Yeah. Great stuff, Josh. I think going back to one of your early points, and I think I did it in my introduction, you've got to accept this isn't easy. We, we're going to make mistakes doing this. It yeah. is uncomfortable um, because we're too many people are doing new things, customers, CSMs, the companies we work for. So it is going to be uncomfortable. But one of the things I always refer back to, and it's the CSM that used to report into me, um, actually both at Autodesk and at SAP. He was like, what would you rather be doing as a CSM, kind of forcing through support issues, or would you rather be having really exciting, interesting conversations with your customers about outcomes? So actually, there's an employee engagement story there if you really want to go deep into this topic as well. Um, right, group number five. Hold on, Matt. Matt, Jan, Jan's got a hand up. Someone's using the, uh, the functionality as intended by our good friends at Zoom, so I'm going to tear it over to Jan. Cool. Well, and you can call this group one if you want, but just one thing that Marcus in our group was, that said that was really poignant to me is thinking about business outcomes because we were talking about measurement all over the place through our whole session, but business outcomes so that if you are doing training software, it's not enough to just measure how many people have been trained, you know, or how, how quickly, you know, did you get them trained, but what is the impact on, on the business? If they were more quickly trained, did that give them higher uh, revenue and profits? If, were they better trained so that there's fewer complaints? Things like that. Because if you can't, if you don't understand your customers' business outcomes, what, what that problem is that they're really trying to solve, and you aren't actually showing them that you're solving that problem in a measurable way, then what happens is you can become commoditized very easily. Exactly. Marcus, and Marcus, if you want to speak up, but but I, that was the most poignant point for me today. The difference. No, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. That's that's really it. Um, just um, I, I, I will say this because I know Matt will appreciate it. I call myself say uh, an outcomes agitator, right? Uh, but but it really in baseline, I just want to end on this. It, it's so critical, uh, and it, it comes down to coaching and teaching. Um, um, our, our salespeople in many cases to use the right language when they're closing deals around why is it important to stop for a second, a second and take a picture, take a snapshot of KPIs today because we're going to impact those tomorrow and we need that baseline to measure against. So yeah. I'll end on that. Cool. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Jan. Really good points. And I think just I'm going to I'm going to kind of go back to Mike's point in the chat, which you kind of followed up from that universal measurement of outcomes isn't isn't that isn't that a dollar value isn't everything ultimately a dollar value or a euro value or a pound value 
But what? But like, what like, actually? Like what? Aggressively. Talk to me, Mike. What? What exactly does that mean, though? A dollar value. What does? What does a million dollars to you mean? Mean in a million dollars to me, right? right. So, like a million dollars to company A may be, you know, a, a, a tech touch company, right? That that outcome may be something little, but for a smaller company, that's that's a strategic account, right? Or like the outcomes, whatever's generated there. So if there's going to have to, if there's a, if there's a measurement of dollars, or or finance, or euros, or whatever it is, as an outcome, it has to be a calculated like per capita. What does that mean per company? You know, is that high? Is that low? You know, does is that is that success or is it not? And so when I when I was posting in the chat, someone someone was asking, you know, you know, can we just go based on outcomes versus NPS? Well, NPS is a universal understood number, universally understood number. And until we can find some sort of way to measure outcomes the way that the the information is conveyed in NPS, um, I don't think that NPS can replace the outcomes. I mean, outcomes are important, but I think outcomes mean something different to uh, to to everyone, to every company. Outcomes are something different. Mike, you and me need to get beer and thrash this out because it's got longer than just three minutes worth of time to get through it because I disagree with you wholeheartedly, but we'll pick that up on another day. Um, and that's cool because I love having that kind of uh, debate. Um, I want to make sure we try and squeeze in groups three and five. So group three, who were you? Hey guys, I'll try to go really quickly. And and Mike, I, I appreciate what you were saying because it's not just, it's so the way that we see it is more on that. Yes, business impact, yes, ROI, but making that connection, right? It's, it's about making that connection of what it was the impact of like saving money or making money on the business and how can we quantify it uh, yeah. from an ROI perspective? Because all customers to be, a, you know, to be honest, always look for that, especially executives. They just want to know how much value we've delivered. And not so much like we did these same things. It's like how much impact on their business we had. So that's that's how we we try to uh, cater that uh, conversation. But back to the what we talked about, we we had a good conversation. We actually talked about the importance of having success plans, right? So the success plan being that resource that yeah. is going to allow us to capture. And again, success plans are joint uh, efforts with the customers understanding goals, objectives, metrics, um, making sure that we're on the same page and using it throughout their journey to make sure that we're going in the right direction, right? Okay. So we can go back to it and they can change. You know, priorities change, that's okay. But it's just making sure we're on the same page from both yep. sides. Uh, we also talked about the ROI perspective uh, that it's important to make sure that we're talking about it as part of that, again, conversation and being aligned with executives, right? Cool. It's, it's it's really, really important to do that because they are the closest ones that would know what is the impact that we're bringing to their business. So that's Excellent. those are the few things that we talked about. Thanks, Elizabeth. And I'm really sorry that we, I want to dig on to the executive thing, but I want to give group five of the final group, I think that hasn't had the opportunity to talk yet to have the final say on this topic. Group five, talk to me. Or have I done group five and I haven't- Anyone? I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I think most everything has been covered. Uh, thanks to everyone else. It's been a really good discussion. I think the one thing that we 
brought that's unique is the fact that individual people on those customer on the customer side also have outcomes that they are driving towards as well. And unless you capture those, you're not going to get a holistic picture of what you're trying to achieve. I think Ziv over at uh, Apps Flyer does a really good job of this. If you want to see a framework, thanks. Yeah. Awesome points, great. So I am going to quickly share my screen just before we wrap up. Um, there's a couple of announcements. I need to share with you, um, but we will get through those. So look, really good conversations. Um, it makes me feel quite comfortable that we're in, a, I think, a, maybe a lot stronger position than I thought we were when we were talking about outcomes as a CS community. Um, it feels like it's on a lot of people's radar. Um, I think people are starting to maybe dip their toes into the topic of outcomes, which for me is positive. It strengthens our value proposition as CSMs to our businesses. And I think that's really important. And I can't remember who put the comment in the group chat, um, but it might have been Jennifer, actually, that spoke around CSMs having to have more responsibility for, for revenue. Ultimately, I think that is a really good summary of maybe the value and the importance of actually why outcomes matters internally for us, for the companies we work for. Um, I am gonna take a page from Mike's book of a thought to leave you with. Um, now, something that is important to me um, is mental health in the UK. And I appreciate that across the world, Mental Health Awareness Week is different times of the year. I think in the US, I think it's probably September, October time from memory, um, but we're approaching it in the UK. So look, my call out for all of you is, look, we are all struggling somewhat with the circumstances and situations we're all facing and have faced over what has been a very challenging year for, for all of us, irrelevant of your situations. My ask for all of you is just to reach out to somebody, you know, friend, family, work colleague, boss, security guard at the house or property that you live in, whoever it is, and just ask people if they're okay. And you know what? And if they say they're okay, ask them again, because actually that second time of asking, that clarifying question, actually is arguably the time that they may may actually need to be asked again, because actually they're waiting for somebody to help them. So that's all I'm going to leave you with. Make one sure one final thing, Matt. We had the announcement for May, so we're going to get Jan to uh, quickly say something. Yeah. So um, we are starting to work on themes and because we've been sort of dancing around metrics with almost every topic, no matter what the topic is, we tend to go to metrics. So we decided May is for metrics. And so we're really going to dig into it and really sort of flesh it out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and host next week, May 6th. And the topic is going to be around the foundation. If you have a North Star metric, uh, where is your data? What systems are you using? Like getting the foundations in place. And then uh, Sherry, Wave Sherry. Sherry is going to be facilitating the following week, the 13th. And she's going to look at health scores. So there's a lot of different ways you can measure your health scores, but does it actually give you an idea of, of who your healthy customers are? Or does somebody still leave by surprise, right? Because that's a really tough uh, way, like how do you measure your customers? So that's two of the topics we'll be flushing out the rest of May when Jeff gets back from uh, vacation. <laughs> because awesome. Jeff will be hosting in yeah. May as well. As Matt but, likes um, to say, the watermelon effect. Green on the outside and red on the inside. 
Indeed. Um, look, the next couple of weeks are really exciting for the community. We've got some great topics coming up, some great speakers. Um, I've had a blast doing it. Um, whether I get invited back, I don't know. Um, we'll see. Maybe you'll see me on the other side next week. Have a great day wherever you are in the world. Thank you for your time. Thank you for putting up with me. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.